Well, good morning, everybody, and possibly good afternoon, depending on when you're listening to this. And I hope that you're doing wonderful. Uh, we have been apart by distance these last weeks, and uh, that has caused a, a deep seeking within my heart, and I, I pray yours as well, uh, seeking after to find that which was within us, the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of heaven that truly unites us, that truly uh, fulfills and satisfies us. And, uh, and I, I pray that uh, also you're finding a place to, uh, to make sure you're getting your hair cut. I don't know how that's happening. Um, I haven't gotten mine and I'm not gonna be able to. We're gonna go uh, to South Carolina, I think, to have to do this. Uh, God bless South Carolina in these days. And for all of you who are in South Carolina, you, you have wonderful freedoms right now and that's good news. And uh, I hope that these last days also for you, um, that there's a, a growing patience that is developing within you, knowing that the good destiny and plans that God has for you can never be uh, taken. And so uh, I, I, I'm increasingly, uh, you know, as hard as this time has been, even for, for all of us, uh, increasingly hopeful. And, and full of hope for uh, the plans of God for each one of you, each one of us as a community and as a nation will not be stopped. And so I'm, I'm becoming ever confident in this, that, uh, that as we wait well with Jesus, as our eyes uh, remain fixed upon him, as our heart increasingly is opening to him, we are being transformed into greater and greater likeness and glory. Uh, we are ref- uh, finding out who we really are in this time. And, uh, and that's always going to create challenges, but I also pray for you that's created hope. So today uh, is, a, I believe it's going to be a, a special day for us uh, as we listen to, uh, to this. Um, it's some message that uh, in some ways has been on my heart, maybe all my life. Um, and it's something that I think the Lord is now raising to the surface at this time. Uh, and it's going to be the, the beginning of a message that I'm going to continue you know, I don't know if it's every single time, but um, but I feel led to you know to let today be a, a marker, a beginning point of a, a pathway or a journey of our destiny and calling and spiritual formation and how we uh, are going to grow into that, how we are going to grow into our purpose, our calling, uh, what it is that we are made for, uh, who it is that we're made for, in in uh, in these days with so much being shaken. Hopefully everything in your life that can be shaken is being shaken right now. Uh, you know, the author of Hebrews tells us that this is a good thing. And it's a good thing because after and through the shaking, we find where we can settle on something that's solid in Jesus and therefore come out of it strong and with ground to run fast upon. And so this is the season that we're in. Uh, embrace it if you haven't already. You know, we've got hopefully not too much longer, uh, you know, in our kind of cooped up time. Although I don't think anybody seems to be really cooped up as much now. Um, but for those that, that are and that have been, uh, I, I pray that this time also is increasingly helping you to discover that which is uh, solid in the meantime, because we've got some running to do in the months ahead in the years ahead, and, and I, I pray that you're going to see such wonders. So I want to go ahead and, um, and jump in. Um, the, uh, the, the times that we're in are, are calling us to, you know, to make sure that our focus is correct. Um, 
I'm sure that many of you uh, have lived long enough to know uh, those of us who have passed on to go be uh, into the fullness of paradise with Jesus. And you know, as you're walking that journey through to those who are at that stage, that there's only a few things that really become important to them. Uh, they become much more aware of eternity. They become much more aware of, uh, of their whole life's work and everything that goes into that. And at a time like this, there's a similar focus that can be raised. And this is good news. Uh, the scriptures commend us to number our days, um, that God has put eternity on our hearts uh, so that we would have a heart of wisdom. Wisdom is gonna help us to reign in life, to prosper in life, to be able to take this life that is so precious that we all have and uh, use it in such a way that it grows good things. It grows fruit, it grows uh, you know, prosperity for our neighbors and so much. And so in this season where all things can be shaken, it does bring about a focus. And, uh, and, and you know, at least for me anyway, uh, a lot of times that focus has to do with things like, you know, what is my purpose? What is my calling? What really matters? And, uh, and so we have opportunity then to realign with what the scriptures uh, tell us, with what Jesus has told us is, uh, is our purpose and our calling. We have a father who sees you. Uh, a father who cares jealously for you to know this purpose, uh, for you to know this calling, for you to know his continual guidance for you during uh, your life. He is, uh, he's always beside us. It, it's, it's his good pleasure to sit with you, to walk with you, to dance with you, to cry with you. He doesn't begrudge any difficulty that we present to him as something that you know burdens him or, or wearies him because he's awesome, he's God. Uh, and he's a father who cares. His uh, compassion for us meets us right in the place of where our difficulty is and brings and breathes strength and life at that place. And so when we are uh, questioning and reevaluating, when we are at a time of uh, refocusing like now, uh, I pray that you would uh, know also like the deep, confident timber of his voice uh, and his joy and his hand upon you and his shoulder upon you, telling you that he's for you, that he's with you, that he's going to be always there to make sure that your purpose is fulfilled and satisfied. And the, the destiny that God has for you and for me and for all of us um, is certain. It, it is something that he promises to complete and finish uh, because he began it. And he's a finisher. He's a completer. As a, you know, uh, especially in years past, uh, I was a dreamer. You know, I'm still a dreamer. Um, and completing the task was, was never as much fun as starting it, you know. <laughs> um, whereas, uh, you know, the day-to-day the -day grind of actually fulfilling the, you know, the dream wasn't as much as what I was interested in. But the Lord has matured me over the years now that I can, I can do that better. Um, but still, that's never been a problem for God. You know, he, he sets his mind to something and he's going to do it. Um, that's the beauty of his idea of destiny. And so in Romans 8, 28, 29, it's one of the most beautiful and strong verses in all of scripture. They're all beautiful. They're all strong. These couple of verses right here, they help set a trajectory of where to find hope, how to find hope, and where to anchor your heart in in the times that we're in. Romans 8, 28, 29, you know, says that, you know, uh, God is currently working uh, in the midst of all things, of all circumstances, uh, for those who, uh, who love him, who are called according to his purpose, uh, because, you know, he, he foreknew you and me 
and he predestined you and he predestined me to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus, who was the firstborn uh, of many. And so his destiny, what he foreknew in you and me is, uh, is, is you know, conformity to a person, an image, a, 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 you know, uh, it's a state of being. His idea of destiny is probably different than what maybe you and I think of as destiny, um, where maybe, uh, maybe we think of it as accomplishing this great task or going and um, saving the world or, you know, uh, going up to be, you know, a craftsman, a master of what we do, um, whatever it might be. His idea is who we become, and uh, that's very clear, not just in this passage. We know in 1 John four seventeen, for instance, that as Jesus currently is in heaven, so also now are you and I here on earth. We're, we're just like Jesus. We're, we're called to be him in the circumstances that we are. Uh, you know, y- y'all know that we have uh, five daughters at home. And uh, Elizabeth and I, we're not aiming that they become, you know, uh, you know, a a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, a, a dancer or, you know, a, a designer. Um, that, that's, those are wonderful things if they want to aim for that or whatever it is that, that they want to be, a, a mother, or, you know. Um, but we, we instead want them to be uh, full of love and loved. We want them to be world changers, no matter the setting that they're in. We want them to be uh, kingdom influencers. We, we want them to be lights that shine and, and reveal hope and majesty, gentleness, warmth, uh, tenderness, compassion, strength, vitality, uh, quietness, loudness, all the things and characteristics of Jesus. And no matter what that ends up taking the form within. So if it is, you know, uh, being, you know, a wonderful uh, nurse like we're seeing today in our hospitals that are helping so many people in a difficult time, you know, uh, if it's being a mother with their kids, whatever it is for them, we're happy as long as they are the fullness of Christ. And I hope that that gives a little bit of direction also to how we see God the Father trajectory in our lives, you know, if I could say that, how he points us, um, because that... Um, th- that frees us up in making decisions, for instance. Um, you know, if, if we're going to go to this school or not go to school at all, um, that decision isn't no longer, is no longer based upon a final destiny that we have to get to as far as like an occupation. Instead, it's influenced by, all right, well, how is the Lord going to work with me to become more like Christ through this decision? Um, and so we can do the things of God no matter where we end up. That's a big deal. And, and I, I pray that you just think about that because that, that should free you up from sometimes the, the paralysis of analysis of trying to figure out the, the next steps and making sure that your decision next is right. Most of the time, as I found out, God is just saying, well, just take that next step. And if there's a better decision, I'll knock you into it. But if there's not, then I'll just work around whatever it is that you're even in. If it's a mistake or not, I'm gonna form you to become like Jesus. And so getting ourselves anchored in that, is a really big deal. And the, the, the path or the, the, the way that, that God does this, um, I, I like to, uh, to see it as a dance. And it's been used in history before uh, that, that we have this dance with Father, Son, and Spirit on this majesty of a dance floor called life. And he's, he's always teaching us new moves um, in different seasons of our life, uh, in different aspects of our soul, 
um, you know, initially, you know, we, we may uh, just fall into his arms at salvation or we get caught up in this joyous, raucous dance because the joy of knowing God finally after not knowing him is revealed and we just want to celebrate. And so those first few steps, those first few dances are just a, a whirlwind of joy and that may last years. Um, there are times where uh, he just wants to become Father and, and God and the powerful one. So he's going to pick you up and, and whirl you around. He, he's going he's to lull you, you know, into a place of rest. He's going to watch. He's going to let you just watch him. And there's other seasons where he reverses it, where he is now the spectator, uh, so to speak, and he's just going to watch you. And, uh, and, and we'll stumble at times. We'll fall around. You know, we won't get the steps right. But he is a, an attentive teacher. He's an attentive father who uh, loves watching his kids master the dance. Um, you know, think about uh, music, you know, and how when you hear uh, a song or whatever that, that really carries your feet, um, you know, you, you just want to partake in it. You want to get in and get involved with it. God is always surrounding you and me with music uh, through his Holy Spirit. Uh, and it's tuned to uh, the particular thing or aspect of his son that he's wanting to develop in this particular season. And so uh, you may have uh, a gentle tune that you're hearing more and more because he's wanting to teach you gentleness. And, uh, and he comes near and he comes close at those times and he, you know, he just teaches you how to, to dance in this slow way. Or if you're a guy and you don't like the idea of dancing with another dude, you know, just kind of get over that because, uh, you know, we have to be known as the bride of Christ, but women have to be known as uh, the son of God, right? You know, and so just just go with it for a second. Um, and just recognize that, uh, that God's always teaching, uh, teaching us uh, how to move in rhythm with who he is. And in so doing, we learn his cadence and we learn his, uh, his character. Uh, in a season like we're in, um, that music is being um, muffled, it's, it's being competed against. At times, it even feels like it's being drowned out or altogether canceled, seemingly, um, by what's around us. And, uh, you know, so we were in staff this week and we were talking about that movie, uh, The War of the Worlds. You know, it's an old uh, Steven Spielberg film. Uh, of a remake of an old Orson Welles radio broadcast. And in that film, uh, I was reminded of how the aliens came and they just blew this really discordant, huge sound. And, 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 and it, was, it was overwhelming to all who would hear it. It was so overwhelming that, you know, that people would begin to lose their orientation. And there was a scene where uh, one of the main character's sons I think he's so overwhelmed by, um, by the battle and by the sound that he kind of loses his head and charges off to go fight. And it, you know, it, it doesn't uh, go well at that time. And it reminds me a bit of uh, the, the terminology shell shock where you know, in, in World War I and World War II and in, in wars past, the, the constant bombardment and the, the sound of the, the war and the shells and, and all that that caused people they lose their sense of up and down and, and they, they, they enter into like a fight or flight constant state and, and they're always in a place of, uh, of, of discord internally um, and they lose therefore their sense of direction and at times they'll run off into uh, an inappropriate battle and make themselves vulnerable to the circumstances. 
And so we're at a similar time where, you know, especially right now because of, uh, you know, the, the pandemic that's going on, but <laughs> along with the pandemic, it's like everyone's, uh, you know, n- you know, insecurities, everyone's, uh, you know, paranoia is coming out and man, it's like conspiracy theories are, are, are flying right now. And, uh, and every one of them, if you, if you pay attention too close to it, you're like, well, that, that could be real. And, <laughs> and then, you know, you have to do all the fact finding and wait a second, like, you know, is this, is this a true story? And, and it, can, it can leave any of us unsettled. Um, there's some funny ones that are out there. Um, and, and there's a lot of other uh, discords right now. The, the justice issues going on right now, um, you know, with the, um, the, the shootings from this past week. I mean, that, that we found out about from February. I mean, just terrible stuff. And, and you, you hear about this and it, and it causes such, such hurt and anguish in your soul. And with all these sounds going on at the same time, it can leave any of us disoriented. It can leave any of us uh, not able to hear the, the rhythm of the dance that God has for us in this time. And so I, I, I just speak that, you know, as a, as a voice, just of, first of all, compassion for all of us, me included, um, because that, that, that all the sounds, all the discord right now, they, they, are, they are loud and, uh, and, and they are trying to compete with what God is doing. And so I want to first just, uh, you know, speak a word of compassion for all that we're seeing right now. I, I don't think that any of us were meant to hear all of the injustices of the world that are going on that we hear about right now, like we are hearing right now. We're, we're hearing about it, you know, sometimes hour after hour, new things that are being handed to us. And I, I don't personally think that we as human beings were designed for, for death and for evil. Um, I think that was part of the fall in the fallen world. And so it's very difficult for us in our natural state to be able to handle all these things. Even in our redeemed state with Christ, um, all these injustices, they, they, they cause within us a desire to react to it in some kind of way. But after a while, it, it begins to exhaust us and we become tone deaf and, and, and things like that. And that's not healthy either. And so I want to propose to you with compassion that in this season that we're in where there's a lot of competing sounds um, that are out there for your attention, be careful what sounds you're listening to. Um, it's good to be aware. Um, I want to challenge us to be only aware of what God is calling us to be aware of. Um, Psalm 131, for instance, tells us that, uh, you know, in the scripture that, uh, that it's good to be like a, like a trusting child at uh, their mother's breast, uh, who's just calm, knowing that things are going to be okay because mama's got this. Um, and it goes on to say, I have not thought about, two thing, about things that are too lofty for me or too important for me or too heady for me um, because our soul can only take so much. Um, and friends with, uh, with social media and all that's going on right now, I, I sincerely believe that most of us are hearing too much uh, you know, that, that, that's going on, too much for your soul to bear, too much actually that you're called to bear. In this season, there is a, a unique song and sound that's for you and it's also for the large body at large for the church and i really believe that god has us intentionally to to be in a place of rest and resetting right now and recalibrating in order to specifically pick up on what that is and the enemy is going to do everything he can to cause other sounds to compete with that one thing because that one thing is i believe in my heart is a is a revival and awakening that's upon us and so you know, we, we have to be merciless at times 
to what we put into uh, our, uh, our eyes and our heart and our minds. At times, that's going to mean not paying attention to everything that comes across our, uh, our social media news or just turn it off uh, completely, not watching some television. And, and there are certain seasons where we have to pull back. And I, I believe uh, that we are in a season where God is calling us to pull back from a lot of that stuff, if not all that stuff. And so I know we've been, uh, as a community, fasting on Fridays and if if uh, if if you know uh, food is your thing, I would suggest adding to it social media and see what that's like, uh, and the news and these kind of things. Um, again, the point of it is not to become unaware or you know unempathetic uh, to our neighbor. Um, is to hear exactly what what God has for us uniquely. Because out of what God has for us uniquely, we will have compassion and grace for what He is calling us to listen to, and that's really important in these days. And so if you're finding yourself overwhelmed by your newsfeed, I would humbly suggest to you to turn off your newsfeed um, and, and ask the Lord before you hear and digest any news that's out there um, because it brings about such a strong emotion that for some of us who are feelers especially, it, it can quickly uh, send us into a place of distraction because the dance is so sweet. The dance is such a place of uh, beauty. We don't want to be distracted. In the eyes, if we're locked into Jesus, what we receive is, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. We, we receive wonder. We receive delight. And we're all learning this, myself included, you know, how easy it is for me to be attracted to these things that are bringing death and that kind of stuff because I don't want that to happen to me. And, and for some morbid reason, sometimes it's just fascinating. I need to repent of that, you know, and keep my eyes focused on uh, what Jesus has for us. And so I, I, I think that... Um, I think if we see how we raise our children, for instance, like we don't want our children watching a horror movie when they're five years old. We don't want them seeing anything that has to do with death or fear when they're too young. Um, Put that same filter on yourself. Do you really need to see all these things? And do you really need to become aware of it? Again, because the focus of it is, uh, is learning this dance, learning how to hear the voice of God and what he's doing for us right now. And the purpose of it is to mature us up into full maturity and full wholeness uh, so that we lack nothing. We're complete at all times. Um, so some of you, um, you know, your uh, vision and kind of destiny goal-oriented in that way. And so, you know, you, you might be wondering like, all right, well, what does that exactly look like? And I'm going to bring you through a process uh, shortly. But the short of it is find out qualities uh, about Jesus that you're especially drawn to now and do those things. Ask God to you know, conform you to that thing and, and to give you those things. That, that's what you're aiming at. For those of us that, you know, your beers naturally, more naturally, and, you know, uh, things like actualization or something that you have a longing for, we don't actually become self-actualized. We actually become like Jesus. And so if you learn how to rest and be comfortable in the qualities of Jesus, like patience, like kindness, like gentleness, like tenderness, like meekness, um, like strength, like righteousness, um, like justice. And in being like that, um, we end up growing into our uh, our destiny. So, um, and so, you know, the, Kind of like the the thesis for for you know for God's life for us is to conform us to become like Jesus because as we become like Him, who we naturally are as sons and daughters gets revealed, and, it, and it's amazing, it's astonishing. Um, how my daughter Charlotte's going to look and love, joy, patience, kindness, and all these things is going to be different than how my daughter Annalise looks, and the setting's going to look different, and it's going to be amazing to see how those differences look through love, joy, peace, patience, and all those kind of things. 
And so that's our challenge um, at our time, and, and that's where we're aiming at. So all the circumstances, all the sounds that we have that are around us, they're, they're there to help shape us and to draw us to who we are becoming always. And so I believe um, in, uh, you know, in, in a process that Jesus has us on. We're all in journey. We're all going to forever be a part of this process. In Philippians 3, for instance, Paul, uh, you know, who's, He's been, you know, the master uh, communicator and church builder for you know, maybe a couple decades at this point, at least. He was saying clearly that he hasn't yet grasped or attained to all that God had grabbed him for. And so Paul could humbly say that he wasn't there. And so me and you and all of us would say, hey, we've, we're going to have growing to do until we die. And as a community, if we can grab a hold of that, then it lets us be compassionate with one another in that process. But two, the big question says, you know, to us, like, how does the Father raise us up into that? How does he care for us into this? And so what I want to lay out in my next messages to come um, is what I see as a pattern through the Beatitudes. So the Beatitudes, we see them, um, especially in Matthew chapter 5. That's the, the, I think, the greatest compilation of uh, the, the Beatitudes. Blessed are this and blessed are that. Um, and so I want us to, to anchor into that, um, if you would. And uh, so if, um, if you have your, your Bibles at home and maybe you've got some others that are at home with you today, um, you guys can all together open up the scriptures and, and, uh, and that kind of thing. Um, in Matthew 5, Jesus, he's been, with, uh, he's been with his followers for some time now. Um, and there's a, there's a large group that had been following him. And he is at this point... And, and throughout his entire ministry, he, he's preaching to the, the Israelites, the Jews. And throughout their common history, and we see it throughout the Old Testament scripture, um, there are some themes that develop that, um, that this Sermon on the Mount, this Beatitudes, is going to also give uh, some information about. And in particular, um, Jesus in chapter 5, verse 1 of uh, Matthew, he gonna, he's going to go to the top of a mountain. And in the, the history of Israel, that was symbolic of a lot of things. A lot of things happen on mountaintops. Um, primarily, um, we see that uh, that in the garden, um, it it you know the, the garden itself um, by uh, by a lot of um, scriptures was on top of a, of a mountain or a hill, and, uh, and so that's where God first communed with man, and and subsequently throughout many chapters, you see God continuing to do that. Most prominent to the community of Israel, um, I, I think most prominent would be the account of Moses at Sinai, where uh, God comes down in this massive cloud and there's fire and lightning and shaking. And then he, he gives to the people of Israel the law. And he gives them that covenant. Um, it can be argued, I think, um, I, I think it can be argued well that uh, he gave them that covenant because they weren't willing to come up to the mountain to be with him. He was looking for intimacy. He found that in Moses. Moses wanted that. So Moses went up to the top, but the people of Israel were too scared. They saw God as a, as a slave master and they were like, I don't want any part of that. And so they asked Moses to go up before him. And, and that could be one of the strong reasons why uh, they, they got the covenant that they did. Regardless of, uh, you know, of, of that, um, it was symbolic that on top of the mountaintop, there would be a revelation of who God is. The law was given. 
Jesus, therefore, when he goes up on top of this, uh, this hill or this mountain in Israel, there's not a lot of really tall mountains. And the place where this one was looks more like a hill. But nonetheless, it was symbolic of what, um, you know, of what many had come to know in that region as, uh, as a place of revelation. And so in this place of revelation, Jesus is there. And, uh, and he has the people come up. And the people come up uh, to be with him. And they all sit down. And so, you know, um, another image is that when, uh, when you're calm or when you're uh, like a, a sheep um, and you, you found green pastures, you found a place to relax, you know, you sit uh, and you rest, which is a really big deal. Um, and so they didn't have to strive or sweat to get this revelation um, they received this revelation from a place of rest. They, they received it from a father and from a savior who was kind, loving, meek, that they all felt at peace enough to just sit down and receive uh, these words. And so right from the very beginning, Jesus is going to begin to redraft our experience, I believe, of, um, of our walk with God. So today we're going to do uh, the first of these, which is blessed are the poor in spirit for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And, you know, if you have uh, um, the passion translation on the notes of what uh, this word blessed means, it's a lot of fun to just look through all different words like blissful and uh, delighted in and prosperous. And you know, the, the, the language of this one word is, is astonishing. And so, and so Jesus starts out his Sermon on the Mount, his revelation, his new revelation, his revelation of the kingdom, his revelation of his kingdom, his revelation of our birthright with blessed are the poor in spirit. And so there's a, there's a few things that I want to just really slowly break down with you all. Um, Jesus is helping us to become reintroduced to the, the spiritual realities um, he's beginning to help us now understand what life in the spirit is like. And I think all of you who are listening to this n- know intuitively you know, what this is like. You know, the, if you, like me, were um, older in your life and you, um, and you got saved, uh, you, know, you, you can tell, for me, there was a difference between um, my life before God and Christ and, and after. But that transition point was, was really, really interesting. And so um, the, the day that I got saved, it was uh, my mom and dad, they were living in Vienna, Austria, and uh, I went to go visit after my freshman year in college. And we had grown up in church, but no one had ever asked me, is, is Jesus my savior? And, uh, and I was good with that. Um, although I liked the idea and I, I thought I was a, a Christian even, um, you know, it was never asked. So mom sits me down in a rose garden that was... Um, you know, part of this, uh, this palace that was up there in, in Vienna. And she just looks me straight in the eye because she was in the midst of her own awakening and revival. She says, you know, David, is Jesus your savior? <laughs> and, uh, and instantly I became aware because uh, she asked something. And in asking, um, I, I entered into a divine moment. And, you know, for all of us, our divine moments, you've, you've had them before. Uh, it's going to be, you know, different for all of us, but you know what I'm talking about, where for me, I became aware of, um, of a, a difference between 
if I say yes to this, like Jesus is my savior, I knew that my life was gonna be forever changed. And so I began to experience uh, fear and dread and, uh, and my body began to almost react uh, physically. And my mind, my heart was like, no, absolutely not. Nothing, you, you want no part of this. Um, and uh, and I, I began just this, this, I became aware of how I thought about that question. And, and I noticed that there was a still small voice within me that said, David, you really do want this. And I knew that I knew that I knew that that was true. And so in that moment, I, I said, yes, you know, he is. And after that, I, I experienced this, you know, really intense burning sensation that went through my, my whole body. And I, you know, it, it was actually kind of a painful moment. My mom was not cognizant of any of this stuff until I told her years later. But it, it changed my life. Um, I had become aware in that moment of a spiritual dynamic and a reality that beforehand I wasn't aware of. And then I was confronted with that reality. And then I made a decision in that reality. And I then therefore uh, encountered um, you know, the, the purpose of that moment, the purpose of what God had for me. Um, at other times, you may have uh, also experienced it in different ways where um, you know, I'll come into a meeting or I'll, I'll be at home in prayer and I'll become aware of, uh, of an area in my life where I'm not like God. I'll be reading through the scriptures and you know, I'll come to a passage that, um, you know, uh, be joyful always. And you know, I'll look at that passage and, and I'm like, uh, I don't wanna be, I'm not joyful always. I'm, I'm not like you, God, you know? And, and I become aware of, um, of a spirituality and a spirituality within me in two different things. And, uh, and in that, we have a choice to make, what we wanna do with that. Jesus here says, blessed are you who are poor in spirit. So I wanna suggest to you that poor in spirit is an awareness of what you lack in the kingdom of heaven, in the Holy Spirit. It's awareness of how you are different than God. Jesus says that you are blessed when you recognize this. And I, I want to um, really slow this down and really help us all enter into what I'm after with this. And so Jesus, he gives his word of blessing and whatever the son of God, whatever the word of God speaks, if we enter into it, there's gonna be good that comes from it because the word of God uh, always brings forth life. And so he says, blessed are you. And so whenever we hear in the scriptures that there's a blessing or a promise um, from God, it's, it's wise. Uh, it, it seems you know, like a good idea to agree with it and to say, all right, this is good. And let that word therefore in this case lead you into poor in spirit. Because uh, none of us by nature are gonna, at first anyway, want to become aware of our poverty of any sort. Um, it's uncomfortable, it doesn't feel good. Um, there have been meetings, uh, you know, there have been conversations with uh, Elizabeth or others where I become convicted of my, uh, 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 of my sin or I become convicted that what I just said was not true. And I'm like, oh, I don't like that. That doesn't feel good. That conviction, that is blessed are you who are poor in spirit. Like you recognize, ah, 
Like, there is something in me now that, is, uh, that I recognize is, is different than God and, and how I'm believing, thinking, you know, uh, walking it out. And Jesus says, hold on, blessed are you when you recognize this. And his blessing calls us to pause and wait in that space. And so this, this first step of spiritual formation toward maturity being Christ-like is becoming comfortable with the times where you are blessed or where you are the poor in spirit. And so the, the, obvious, the obvious example is, uh, you know, uh, is, is upon our salvation. You know, we recognize maybe we feel guilty or maybe we feel distant from God and we're like, why is that? Um, according to Christ, I want to commend you that that's amazing that you know that, that it's, it, that it's his uh, blessing for you to actually become aware of that. Um, uh, you know, it, a lot of times, you know, we, we can become aware of our poverty, uh, of our lack, um, and, and we don't like that. He says, no, no, blessed are you, remain in that place. Um, the, the great example uh, from the Old Testament of this is uh, Isaiah in chapter six. Isaiah, he, uh, he gets called up into, uh, into paradise with God, into the throne room of God. And the majesty of God is there and, uh, you know, all these strange angelic creatures are there. Uh, you know, you see his authority, you know, it, it's just light and fire. And, and of course, love. <laughs> Isaiah sees that. He becomes spiritually aware in that moment. So he, he is now aware of the spirit realm, which is what Jesus is introducing here in Matthew 5. He becomes aware of reality. He becomes aware of God. He becomes aware of all of who God is. In that moment, the first thing that Isaiah says is, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. He became poor in spirit. He became aware of how he was different than God. He became aware of all the stuff that he had agreed with, that he had felt, thought, decided upon, all the things that had come from his mouth in that moment. And he was like, junk, man, that's, that's not good. Um, I don't want that. Uh, and, and he stays there. You know, I don't know how Isaiah would have gotten out of that situation anyway. Um, but he stays in that moment. And, you know, as you recall from that passage, the angels, they came to him with a coal of fire and touched his lips and made his lips um, healed and pure and holy. And then he got filled with the scroll. He got filled with uh, the word of God. And so I'd argue that he got filled with the kingdom of heaven in that time. And it's similar. uh, It's the same thing uh, that happens uh, to us. Um, when, the, when the presence of God draws near, and right now the presence, the, the kingdom of heaven is, is drawing very near to our nations, the whole world. Where we're thinking pandemic uh, and the enemy is fighting what is coming down. He's fighting against uh, this, this revelation of the kingdom. It's coming right now. His kingdom is always coming, but it's really coming right now. And, um, and so most of us, uh, I think all of us are in some ways becoming aware of, of a spiritual reality now. We're becoming aware of God. And we experience that in different ways. Some will say, well, you know, the Holy Spirit's always a gentleman and he's always kind and gracious. I'm like, no, he's not. He's always kind. He's always loving. He knocked Paul off his donkey. You know, uh, he uh, pulled Ezekiel up uh, by his hair. Um, and, and, you know, you have times with God where, um, 
you know, he's, you know, in, in the presence of God, John in Revelation, who is the, the closest one to Jesus, falls on his face afraid like he's going to die. So being in the presence of God, you're going to experience all kinds of emotions. Um, you're going to tremble and shake at times. Uh, you're just going to pass out. You know, you know you're going to feel the warmth, the kindness. You're going to feel enveloped at other times. So this dance, the sound that he has for you, it's going to be different for whatever season, whatever aspect of himself he wants you to become like. And so the, the Lord may come and you become aware, like you're powerless suddenly, you know, uh, suddenly the, the presence of God draws near and, and you, you become aware that, that you're powerless to change anything. I want to, you know, suggest to you that that is actually discernment. That is actually real discernment. You're starting to actually see who you really are you know, because you are actually becoming aware of what the Spirit is revealing to you, that the Holy Spirit is the light of the world and he is the Lord. And so when this light is shining upon you, you become aware. And so as, as the Spirit draws near, you begin to see. You begin to see him. You begin to see yourself. You begin to feel things that you didn't even know were in you. You're like, oh, what is that? And you begin to see things in culture and society and other people. That is discernment. And we will all go through, you know, every area that we can become a whole as a person. So, you know, we, we need as people to be validated. We need to be uh, affirmed. We need to become powerful. Um, we need to become gentle. In every aspect, you know, in every like room of our heart, so to speak, in every song of, uh, you know, of melody that's available, we actually have to experience uh, God and then who we are and who we are not. And so the first step of this, blessed are the poor in spirit, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. And so we, we become aware that oh, I'm helpless, you know, I'm powerless, I'm small, I'm, I'm, I'm nothing. And that's the lie, you know, that it's actually, you know, apart from Christ, you know, that would be true. Um, and so we, we become aware like, oh, I'm unclean or, oh, I'm, I'm worthless, blah, 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 blah. <sighs> bless you when you're, when you're poor, but bless you when you recognize that. And so you enter into the blessing, the bliss, the, the joy, the happiness, the prosperity of that word, the, the Holy Spirit's word through Jesus. Blessed are you when you recognize that and stay there with the promise that the kingdom of heaven is yours. The kingdom of heaven as we know it is righteousness, so right thinking, right feeling, right actions, righteousness, peace, and joy, and I would say also power in the Holy Spirit. And so, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for yours is the Holy Spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for all aspects of God in the spirit are yours. Blessed are you and your poor in spirit, for all the spiritual blessings that, uh, that are possible are now yours. You just have to recognize it. You just have to say, I want this. And so in that moment where I'm in the garden and mom looks at me and I become aware of you know, um, I'm not saved. <laughs> I become aware of what salvation is. I become aware of my allegiance to Jesus or, or not. And, uh, and I, I become aware that there's a line in the sand of my soul. And, and there's, the, there's all the discord. There's all the, the, the terrible sounds that, that I had agreed with, that, that the enemy had put out there. And there's this one beautiful, sweet note. And it's the spirit saying, you do want this. And so I was blessed to remain in a place of recognizing, all right, I am poor. I, I, I don't want any part of this. Um, but at the same time, I recognized that I do. And so I, I turned. And in this case, the, the waiting was, was almost instantaneous. And I was filled with the kingdom of heaven. 
sometimes we can become aware of uh, you know uh, of an aspect of our spirituality that we're not uh, we're not yet you know filled with Christ in, we're not yet formed in, and we recognize it. You know, God, you're joyful always. Uh, all right, well, Lord, you know I. I'm going to enter into the blessing of recognizing that I'm not joyful always, or I'm going to recognize the blessing that um, I'm not yet powerful, or I'm not yet full of uh, you know gentleness or whatever it might be that He's doing in my heart right now. And then we we set our mind to receive the Spirit in that place. And um, normally this is a pretty quick uh, quick time, but sometimes it can delay. Sometimes we we really have to um, uh, to, to wait. And what we're waiting for is the Holy Spirit to come upon us in that way, where we actually have an experience, we have an encounter with God. Uh, the next time I'm going to talk about uh, blessed are those who mourn, because that that's going to be the the experience of the absence of the Spirit after we've had that initial encounter, and then what we have to do with that. So that's for the next time. For now, what I'm saying is it's a little bit of a nuanced difference, where we become spiritually aware of where we are not yet fully, you know, connected. Uh, we are connected, but we're not. We haven't fully realized that we haven't had that encounter with God. God's not simply wanting us to have awesome thoughts and beliefs um, only or great theology. He's wanting intimacy. And so Jesus would say, for instance, I've come to give you life and life super abundantly. And this is eternal life to know God, know him intimately as if you have communion with him like you would a spouse in every single way. And so that communion, that experience, that encounter with God is what he is aiming at. And that is the sound of of heaven. That is your marching, that, that is your dancing order, so to speak. Um, and that sound will transform you, that, that sound of the kingdom of heaven upon you and hearing that sound and experiencing his presence and encountering him, that'll transform you. Um, and so that's the first step, I believe, of this journey of transformation. We had the first step of obviously of, of accepting Jesus and being justified and being saved. But then for the rest of our life, we are like Paul going to be growing into the fullness that he has for us. And so we may uh, get gentleness and then we, we may grow and get, you know, five, 10, 15 years down the road and recognize that, oh, we're not as gentle as we thought we were. And we're like, well, I've already been through gentleness. And he's like, yeah, at that level, but now I want some more. And so even, even things that we've been through before, we'll, we'll go to a higher or deeper level with. We, uh, at staff this past week, um, we had, you know, we were discussing this really cool new technology um, that uh, that uses brain sound. So they they were they're these brilliant you know uh, you know uh, neuroscientists um, are able to record sound that comes from you know your your brain waves and and from your uh, your, your thinking processes. And I'm speaking out of my expertise here, um, so I'm just giving you the layman's terms from, from it. But um, so they, they take that sound, and if you have uh, either like trauma or like PTSD or fight or flight or insomnia, these kind of things, um, they will figure out kind of where you are, you know, versus a healthy sound or healthy brain frequency, and uh, and then they'll, they'll they'll let you listen to, you know, they'll put your brain uh, with little scanners on it and let you listen to what a healthy brain wave sound like, and what they've discovered is that actually transforms your brain to be able to think healthily. That's amazing. So it, it calms the brain. It helps it to be able to rest and to, to relax and get out of fight or flight, um, which is just, to me, it's like a medical miracle. 
Um, and it's also a beautiful illustration of uh, this walk with the Father. The, the Father's, he's singing to us. He's dancing with us. And as we look upon him and listen to what he's saying, listen to the sounds that he's coming, that, that he's giving us, the sound of gentleness, the, count, the, the sound of vibrancy, the, the sound of overcoming, um, then, then, and we listen to it and, and we, we grab a hold of it through worship and through just you know, receiving him, then we become like that. And, uh, and so I, I really love that, that illustration that we can receive sound waves that change our physical brain when we receive the sound waves of heaven and, and look and say, I just want to listen to this. We get an upgrade. We get the kingdom of heaven. And so I, I wanted to introduce this as a topic because a lot of times when we become aware of our poverty of spirit, we don't like staying there. We don't like the feelings that it brings or the thoughts that it uh, brings. And so I want to challenge you that you are blessed when you recognize that, that you even recognizing what you lack in God is God. What you recognize uh, that you don't have in the spirit, that is actually the spirit giving you that revelation. That's also intimacy. So blessed are you becomes intimacy when we say, all right, I feel hmm, like I don't have what it takes to overcome this circumstance. We know that the word of God says, but you're an overcomer, but we feel that we're not at first. And so we say, wow, God, thank you so much for showing me that I don't believe this yet. So I'm just gonna tune into now your sound uh, that I am an overcomer. I'm just gonna receive from you. I need this impartation. I, I, I long for you now to give me this encounter so that I can have the kingdom of heaven within me. And this becomes our first step towards this, uh, this transforming process. So um, I think that's probably a good place to land um, today. Do, 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 do. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. So, um, so in this season where there's a lot being shaken and stirred and all that, um, and the kingdom of heaven is coming down, be on the lookout in night and in daytime of, of what it is that you are experiencing. Um, most of us in culture are so busy and, uh, and so uh, desiring to be distracted, if I could gently say that, um, that we are not paying attention uh, both to our own selves, you know, and obviously sometimes to God and to others. Um, you know, John Calvin, the, uh, the, the famous theologian in the 1600s or so, he, he said that to know thyself is to know God. And I think that's a beautiful way of beginning to describe this process of transformation of the dance with the Father who's always, you know, with the Spirit and the Son forming us into just perfection, perfect thinking, perfect love, all that stuff. Um, by, by recognizing first what's going on in your own heart. And so like Isaiah, we may, we may at first be like, the presence of God is making me feel this. I don't like this. Um, that's okay, friend. Like, blessed are you when you see that. He's safe. He is going to transform you. He is a father who loves. And he will see through to completion. It's his good pleasure to give you these things. And so um, I would challenge you to enter into the blessing of discernment or the blessing of awareness. And then through that, posture yourself to receive an encounter from God. And, uh, and ask him to, to bring it quickly. Um, 
And then normally, you know, uh, again, that experience of God may last, you know, years. It may last months. It may last, you know, long enough, you know, for you to be formed by it for the next step of that journey. And so I'm going to pray uh, a release for you um, of that awareness, that discernment, um, and, uh, and activate that tonight, today. I mean, so if you wouldn't mind um, closing your eyes, we're going to pray. Father, you, you're a father and you see. And you see with eyes of tender love. You see with eyes that gently care for. You see with eyes that are going to impart strength. You see with eyes of destiny that plans and purposes for us to become all that we were destined to become. And so what you see in us is always for strengthening, for building up, for encouraging, for nurturing, for taking care, for cleansing, for healing, for wholeness. And so I'm reminded, Father, of the description that John gives in Revelation of your son Jesus having eyes like fire because his heart is on fire and who he is is fire. And he sees into our depths and he burns away the things that are not like him. And that's a good thing. Uh, And I, I pray, Father, that you would bless my friends that are listening to this right now with an expectancy that when we see or feel the light of that fire, that this is a good thing. So Lord, I I bless all who are listening to this with that favor. I bless them with that faith and confidence that awareness is intimacy, awareness is blessing, awareness of even poverty of spirit is an invitation to intimacy, is an invitation to destiny, it's an invitation toward wholeness. And so, Father, I release that upon all who hear this, that all who step into that blessing of the poverty of spirit will receive the kingdom of heaven. And so I set before them favor. I set before them blessing. I set before them faith that as they step into that poverty, they will be blessed because they will receive the encounter, the experience of God himself, the Holy Spirit, filling them in areas where they previously were poor and then they become rich. They previously felt they had lack and now they have plenty and abundance. So where it may seem like there are things that are negative or working against them, I declare that in that space is a release now of the Holy Spirit to bring them into their fullness in this journey of maturing. Jesus, thank you so much for living this out so well that we can have confidence that the life that is in you is now in us and that it will never be taken from us in this journey. And so in these days, I also ask that you would give to all of us such clear discernment about what sounds that we are listening to, what frequencies we are paying attention to. And Lord, I ask that you'd sever all connections that we have to those, those, the sounds from the enemy, the, the sounds from distraction, the sounds of busyness, the sounds of the world. And that for all of us, that we would know the particular grace that you are calling into being right now 
that you would give us such discernment, such rest, such peace, Lord, that we only want to hear what you're saying. We only want to hear the dance that you would have us to dance right now and that all others would be cast away. For this is a season of becoming into who we are made to be in our destiny. This is a rich season for our church, God. And so Lord, I ask that you would settle this deep within the hearts and minds of all of us, that we would be an undistractable people. We would be a people that will not dance to a tune that is not of you, God. And so set that forth in us, Lord. We do, not, we do not want to listen to those other sounds. So help us with that, God, I pray. Father, encourage us in this path that you will see through all of us to the place of complete joy in Jesus. We love you, Daddy, and amen. Friends, I love you. Uh, I know we'll be seeing you soon. Uh, if you're part of a house church today, I hope that it's been a, a, a joy. Uh, a, challenge you to pray for one another about what this may stir in. Um, Go through the scriptures, hang out, linger, whatever you want to do. But it will be good to see you all soon. And until then, uh, God bless you. The Lord loves you. Amen.